the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and, well... Talking about creating wealth, trying to get you to retirement one step at a time, one day at a time, one market at a time, trying to debunk some myths, trying to get you comfortable in good times so as not to get greedy and comfortable in bad times. One thing that is constantly pounded and brought up again and again and again is individuals will never learn and that they will always at the worst possible times, become interested in Wall Street for the exact worst possible reasons. Whether it's Bitcoin going from zero to 14,000, back down to 10,000, people are like, there's a lot going on there and I'm interested. It could be the GameStop phenomenon. It could be cybersecurity. It could be the dot-com phenomenon, the anything that's tied towards space phenomenon. Those are a lot of the short-term trends that interest the retail investor, the average investor. Those are not – I'm more mid to long-term trends. So sometimes we are not going to see eye to eye, and that's okay. We could find other things to talk about. On the show today, I want to talk a little bit about death. Death, not because there's an, not because uh, there's a you have to save money, otherwise you will die. Seriousness to me. Well, I think there's a little bit of that going on, but we're going to talk a little death about the investment angle. There's also kind of a an insulted angle when you die, you get hit with a lot of expenses when the time that you're grieving. The industry really pummels you kind of hard. One of the things that I also do on this show is on a regular basis is talk about the gurus. And I want to not debunk them, but point out that it's kind of silly for you to go to your job, be a nurse or doctor today, a lawyer, a police officer, and think, hey, I know enough that I can save someone's life with oncology. And be a successful investor. I'm not saying you can't be an investor. And in good times, trust me, everyone's a successful investor. I don't mind that. I could share the microphone, no no doubt, and make you look good. For instance, one of the areas that I found very interesting is a trend. It was a short-term trend that's become a mid-term trend that I think will become a long-term trend. And it is very, very interesting. White Claw. But on the other side of White Claw, Big Claw, because White Claw is private at this point in time, although I expect them to sneak public. I do. A lot of companies are sneaking public through what are called SPACs right now. They're, they're not going through that two-year courtship with a big investment bank like a Goldman Sachs or Morgan Stanley. 
They're just saying, hey, if you've got money and you're publicly traded, you can buy us and suddenly you're a space company. I, I, I have to think in my mind White Claw eventually does that. But I could be wrong. Okay, if you can't invest in number one, who's number two in that space? Who can get the national scale of hard seltzer? And it's become, in my opinion, this generation's light beer. It's interesting when I say that because maybe in my 20s, I was working in some restaurants. And at the middle of the night, not yet in the middle of the night, you would clean the restaurant. So at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, you'd do the last delivery. Someone would come in last second. You'd have to re-clean everything one more time. And then you'd break out the Coors Light. You couldn't really drink anything heavier because you had to get home. I remember that very clearly. But anyway, to hear this generation's light beer, I'm like, ooh, that makes sense. So there's a company called Truly. Truly is not White Claw. White Claw has 50% of the market share. Truly has 26% of this hard seltzer category. And what's interesting about it is Truly is owned by Sam Adams, which is a pretty fascinating story. I had the CEO on my show once. And he was drunk at nine in the morning. Yeah, I don't want to get caught with the slandering and situations along those lines. So let's just say he was uh, enjoying his product and he was a good spokesperson. Uh, loose lips are better interviews than people who are parsing every word, right? So White Claw, the king, truly the queen. So... It now accounts for 3.5% of the overall alcohol market. And in this case, in the hard seltzer market, they have a 26% stake. Sam Adams was a pub, is a publicly traded company for 25-plus years. Great ticker symbol, uh, Sam, S-A-M. Pretty easy to remember. What's interesting about it, again, is the 3.5% market share. I go back and I say Tesla's got a... Of all electric vehicles sold, Tesla's pretty dominant, right? But of all the electric vehicles on the road, you're talking about 2.5%. And again, you can kind of get jaded in California because you could be see Palo Alto. And it seems like everyone either has a Prius or a Tesla within 10 miles of Palo Alto. So I'm not a big fan of Anheuser-Busch. I like Constellation Brands as a long-term investment. Boston Beer may be a little bit too much of a bullet shot. But when I look at the market share, I go, if I want to see a short-term trend, which typically you, the retail investor, love, become a mid-term trend, which I tend to love, to a long-term trend. When Gavin Newsom said electric vehicles need to be 100% of everything sold in California by 2035, and then Ford and GM started going, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was reading a, a special report on research talk to, talking about the gasoline engine being dead. And it's actually now a negative asset to a, a big company like a Ford or GM. They're valuing the brand at negative. It hurts the company going forward. Gas guzzlers are dead as far as brand goes. Because someone like Gavin Newsom says 100% of cars and Ford and GM are like, yeah, we're on that. It's to me, Elon Musk might be in a situation where, yes, they, he has a dominant charging network, dominant. 
he's got a dominant amount of resources tied into the battery world. So even if his competitors like Ford and GM end up making similar cars, even better cars, they still might be using his, his battery technology and his components to build batteries. It's pretty fascinating. So I would say I don't see a number three in the hard seltzer market right now. This is a good time to go talk to your 18 to 20 year old clubbing daughter or son and say, hey, uh, back in my day, I used to drink and you'd say, you know, mellow yellow and jolt cola. You'd get Red Bull and vodka and you'd go, ew, dad. And now it's all about the Trulies. It's kind of light beer. It's light liquor. It's got a nice buzz to it. It doesn't get you too trashed. Um, so now is a good time to have that conversation with your cousin. <laughs> and again, what's interesting about Sam Adams, it's been public for 25 years. It's been compounding at over 15% annually. It was at the right place at the right time with the craft beer. Now it's at the right place at the right time with the hard seltzer. Truly will become 70% of the overall business as beer becomes less important. Bar and stadium sales are probably going to open up on premises and be more of a positive tailwind than a headwind that they currently are. I'm not telling you to do it, but I'm talking about how the retail investor tends to get any short-term trends that sometimes are wonderful and they become mid to long-term trends. Canopy growth didn't do it. Tilroy didn't do it. But there are companies that are doing it very much so, like Tesla and truly tied towards Boston beer and the seltzer market. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So always trying to make it a little bit easier for you to understand investing. This is Mizio, who a lot of their songs sound a little bit different, but always have something in common. Very fresh sound, in my opinion. One of the things I remember as a childhood is that, you know, you get that big fear of death. I had a big fear of the world as a child. I remember driving in a car and seeing someone in a car next to me and asking my mom and dad, like, does that person have a husband and a wife and children? Like, and it just freaked me out that they had lives outside of my life. And you started thinking about death and things along those lines. And as a kid, it becomes a big theme in your life. What's blonde and dead in a closet? The hide and seek champion from 1995. Dun, dun, so we make jokes about it. We make jokes about our wives and the IRS and about death. It's probably good enough to be an investment theme if we're making jokes about it. The divorce industry is obviously a very big industry. I remember as a child, I loved gummy bears. Sugar, 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 right? And my dad would just, he would always take the fun out of everything. And I, he, I remember him at one point saying that, you know, I'm going to choke to death on the gummy bears because gummy bears are chew them kind of and you kind of swallow them and I, okay i could see his risk assessment as high when it came to a kid who was a dumb punk like me so he, he goes you're you're inevitably gonna choke on those gummy bears and i said dad when i die can you just tell everyone i was killed by bears leave it at that just 
just leave it at that. Because that's a cool way to die. Now, when it comes to investing, I don't want you to feel like it's a life and death situation. I want you to feel like it's a something you understand. I talk about creating wealth, not so that we could talk about smoking cigars, Cubanas with Jeff Bezos. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for you to enjoy age 60 to 100. And sometimes it's maybe not my theme, but there's two certainties, deaths and taxes. And you can certainly invest in the death industry. It's a little tougher for us to start planning our own death, but I can help you by telling you how to invest in it. Losing a loved one is brutal. Here's a statistic to get you into the death industry. The world's population is up about 400% over the last 100 years. That's a trend that is your friend when it comes to investing because every one of those people are going to die. More people are dying on a nominal level. How sick am I to put it in those words? Deaths in the United States continue to climb. I don't want to put a COVID spin on anything, but there's periods of time where deaths spike a little bit even higher. The funeral home industry is busier now than ever before, selling its services at a time when people are vulnerable, which is very stressful for me to talk about. Caskets can run $10,000 to $20,000, depending on which finish you select. I've told my loved ones for many years, just bury me in the backyard if you could use a good butcher's knife and chop me up into pieces, put me into Nike shoe boxes, bury me in the yard, wait for a cat to dig me up, or a raccoon, maybe hopefully around Thanksgiving, Christmas time to drop in on the kids. Dad's head's at the front yard again. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I could date a mortician. You think about things, people you could date and not date. What's a deal killer for you? I don't even like seeing dead squirrels in my yard. I know you're saying, do you have a lot of dead squirrels in your yard? Are you like a Dexter to the squirrel world? Maybe. So embalming, juicing up the dead body, anywhere between $500 and $2,000. Putting makeup on a dead body. It's, it's crazy. It's federal laws, state laws. It's, you know, we're so sorry during your time. But you need to sign, 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 initial, initial, initial. Even keeping a dead body cold is expensive. Refrigeration. It's, how shall we say, an effective alternative to embalming. Keep the body cold, throw it in the coffin cold, get it in the ground before it warms up. Oh my, my, my. This is a happy segment, is it not? So Service Corporation is a company that you can buy. And if you take a look at the stock, it doubles every five years. It's not sexy. It's not fun. Knock on wood when I say this. There's not a big spike for coffins at any period of time. Hopefully that you're not doubling your money in every three years or every two years. But they're an interesting company because they've done what are called roll-ups. If you've ever watched the TV show Six Feet Under, 
you know that it's kind of a mom and pop industry with a institutional industry in it. And the mom and pop companies are like, that big institution is going to put us all out of business. They can just slap makeup on your mom and put her in the ground. And it kind of becomes a joke, right? But service corporation is a big one. And they've got the whole death industry down pretty good. Take a simple SCI. You want another one who provides caskets and cremation equipment and memorial products? Again, most of this stuff creeps me out because I just want to burn me and have a beer. Do it New Orleans style if you can, where it's more of a party and a celebration than a wallow in self-pity. If you could sing uh, The Greatest Story Ever, The Never-Ending Story at My Funeral, I would laugh at that. The never-ending story. Make my kids do it one last time, embarrassing them in front of the old man. Say, you don't get your will. You don't get your inheritance unless you do it at the funeral. (laughs) Carriage Services, they're a funeral home leader. They operate over 200 funeral homes in America, CSV. They're focusing on the growing decentralization and partnerships of the industry. But they're in the cemetery industry as well. Gardens of Stone. It's very odd. My father was a military man and he should have been buried in Arlington Cemetery. That's where he wanted to be buried. But he died in the middle of January in Washington, D.C. area in a very cold and wintry year. So the funeral people said, well, we could bury your dad in Arlington Cemetery in 21 days or... You can go to your local church and do it in three. And we're like, three. Just get them in the ground. Nothing Jewish, nothing Christian, nothing about the service. I'm not giving you any information about why we wanted them in the ground. It's just that's a stressful time. And it's stressful on the person who survives, the mom. Kids, we knew he was going to die. Another company you can take a look at is Hillenbrand, ticker symbol H.I., They're not a pure funeral home play, but it's their biggest business. And again, caskets and cremation products, they're way too expensive. They're not way too expensive. They're pretty pricey. I myself want the eye coffin brought to you by Steve Jobs. His last greatest invention, it's all glass. 365 degrees of death in all glass. And it's got a selfie camera. So you can take a picture with dad after he's dead while he's decomposing in the ground. If he happens to be alive, he can call 911. It's only $400,000 to be buried in an apple coffin. To avoid traditional funeral expenses, there's going to be some companies that move in on it for sure. Costco sells coffins. I'm all for Costco coffin. I know you're saying that's the weirdest thing you've said in a while. Yes. There's biodegradable vessels. Be buried in a tree and become part of the world again. I'm okay with that too. I just want the cost to come way down in everything involved here. And when someone dies, you don't really want to be in that situation of comparing funeral home costs. You don't want to. You want to mourn and get the person in the ground or mourn and get the person dealt with, right? Showrooms where you're being presented. Do you want to bury your little child in something that, how should I always say, is beneath him? Or do you want to put him in a state-of-the-art baseball 
grass-lined coffin cinnamon to the Everworld as an all-star that he was. $400,000. Like, funeral industry is a little dark for me. Little Junior's buried in his favorite race car. I'm even creeping myself out, just so you know, at this point in time. But we're all going to die. And those are the players in the industry. Now, I'm not saying another player can't come along. And I'm not saying I own any of these because I don't. But if I were my dad, and I never grew up with video games and the internet and cell phones and podcasting and iPods. And if I, if I had none of that as an investor, I probably could have made some sense of service corporation and Carriage Services, and Hillenbrand, and Matthews International, and Stonemore Partners. They're the second largest network of funeral homes and cemeteries in the United States. <clears throat> Again, it's a weird trend that we all die. This is a slow and steady one, except for at weird times in U.S. history. But, and it, it, it's local business sometimes, so you can support a local business when you die. One of the things I will say to wrap this up is we all are going to die. And one of the best things you can do is keep a financial notebook so that we know where your insurance contracts are. So we know where your investments are. So we know where your will is. So that when you do die, we have to deal with these industries to put you to, to sleep forever. While we're mourning, we're not really stressing over paperwork. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So experimenting with a model of not talking about the day's news. And trying to show you of everything that I'm looking at inside of a day, but not necessarily Apple reported earnings or... Jerome Powell said this, or the president Biden and his economic team said that. If I can get away from that and say the first Friday of every month is the most important to me because it shows me the jobs numbers, in times of recession, in times of an expansion, in times of, wow, we're six years in the middle of an economic boom, seven years, eight years, it's always to me looking at the jobs numbers. To me, an economic boom can go on forever if unemployment sits somewhere between 4 to 6%. 6% to 7% and we're starting to get loose and too many people are unemployed. 3% to 4% and we're a little bit too tight and too many people have a job, come out of college cocky and arrogant and ready to you know, earn the do-re-mi to pay back their student loans. And then there's Goldilocks, who I really dig. She was a girl I could get behind. She didn't like things too hot. She didn't like things too cold. She liked moderation in the form of moderation. With that being said, the chick would go to jail. She would be in Rikers Island. She burglarized a home, violently breaking things. But she was on to something with moderation. Not too hot, not too cold. I've made most decisions in my life that have been good with calmness. Um, I try to teach my children when it when you get a flat tire, 
to me, that's educational. When you get a car crash, that's educational. When you get, like always stay calm, even when you are getting married, stay calm. Be the coolest guy in the room, even when you're stressed. Be the coolest guy in the room. When you play soccer, it's nothing but a thing. There used to be a joke that went around when we were children about being seen with the Pope. And uh, you're out in public with the Pope and everyone's like, hey, who's that with Rob? Hey, who's that guy with a pointy hat? And that always sat well with me on the sense of try to be that person. Like you deserve to be there. When it comes to investing, I think it means a lot. So if you can learn about jobless numbers, you don't really have to get too caught up in I got an email the other day from a woman and it almost made me sad because I talked about a company that did LIDAR sensors probably about four years ago and the stock has gone from two to over 200 and she was kicking herself. She was mad at herself because she didn't like listen to me and I'm like, you got to learn moderation lady. Like you were going all in or all out. If you believed in the electric vehicle story, it was a no brainer to pick up some, not a lot. Because if it didn't work out, you didn't want to like ruin your retirement. And you don't want to miss the boat because how many boats are going to come along? How many buses are going to come along in your lifetime? Plenty. But sometimes you go, well, it'd be nice to get on that. And electric vehicle still has ways to go, in my opinion. I like those big picture long-term trends like e-commerce, like digitization of, of hospitals or of healthcare. The significant advancements of mRNA technologies tied towards COVID, and let's see if we can't disease tackle something bigger than COVID, like Alzheimer's. And again, I don't. Here's where it's beautiful talking to me. I don't know which one's bigger, the Alzheimer's market or the COVID market. To me, in my head, I go, COVID market's just kind of like a seasonal flu year, isn't it? Maybe two or three years, so we could call it like super flu shot. Whereas Alzheimer's seems to affect our society is that we get older and older and older. And then every now and then you see someone on that list of Alzheimer's and you're like, Tony Bennett, I left my heart in San Francisco, him. He's been suffering it with it for a few years. And you're like, oh, disastrous. I'll be there one day. So my goal is to get you to like understand one or two simple things. You're looking for midterm to long-term trends, not short-term trends. And in this case, you're looking for moderation in employment numbers on the first Friday of the month. You're not looking for too hot, too cold. That's going to start creating problems for you to make decisions, and I'd prefer it be on cruise control for you. Other trends that I believe in, one that I want to talk about very much so, is death. But I want to hold off on it. We're all going to die. But this is going to be a slow-moving trend. And then on occasion, you get a trend thrown in there with a curveball of like uh, – who was it? A police officer. He was lying in state. Um, typically, you see a, a six-foot-long, beautiful oak coffin with a flag on it. You see a grieving widow. And I, I was fascinated because the man's younger than me, and I go, wow, that's – that puts it all in perspective when you see a, a police officer with children and a wife, you know, pass in line of duty and puts it in perspective. And then this time he was brought out not in a coffin, but in an urn. And I'm like, oh, yeah, millennials don't want coffins. So even the death industry, which is the most predictable industry in the world, we're all going to die. 
even that can have some trends in it. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But again, I'd like to teach you how to not get caught up in the day-to-day because I think you could do this blindfolded if you had to. One of the areas that I, I think we all get in trouble is we tend to find a guru or a Buddha. One of the ones that I don't like out there is Susie Orman, and I've been going through a prolonged series of not knocking her, but pointing out that her wisdom's not that great and we shouldn't be going, oh, wise one on the mountain. For instance, one of her big no-nos is don't spin to impress others. Okay. I agree with that. In the end, you're going to be dirt. You're going to be worm food, right? And your BMW will lose a lot of value. When you're 70 or 80, you're not going to remember those three or four years where you had the BMW, but you might remember those three or four years where you didn't have a relationship with your child that ruined your relationship forever that you wish you can go back in time and do that period of time again. So don't spin to impress others. I can agree with that. Don't let debt linger. In my eight, from age 18 to 25 was probably the worst time in my life for servicing debt where I didn't have enough coming in to manage what was I had already borrowed. And those were my college years where some of the, the money went to like the college bookstore. Some of it probably went to the college pizzeria. Not well spent. Should have done the ramen noodle things. Probably just as unhealthy for me, but a lot cheaper. Um, but yeah, don't let that linger and know that you're probably going to go through a period of time where it's going to be stressful for you. Mine was 18 to 25. Um, and now I, I don't get into a mortgage situation. Like one of the very first things I do when I get into like a serious debt, like a mortgage, I go, if I lose my job or if I end up in a wheelchair today, cause some drunk driver clips me then can I, will I be able to pay this without stressing? And if the answer is no, I don't do it. Now, again, that may be a little too bombastic and a little too stressful, but I like approaching advice and insight with moderation, almost as if, if I were a Buddha or a guru, I'd probably be like a Buddhist Buddha or a Buddhist guru. Very peaceful. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So new focus on wealth is a new thing for me. I'm trying to take some from some of the best, the Warren Buffetts, mix it with some of the worst, the Susie Ormans. Try not to be too topical of the day, i.e. let's not talk COVID and GameStop and date the show. Let's always try to like say, hey, this advice would work in COVID and GameStop times as well as dot-com times or Bitcoin times or marijuana stock investing times. Why is Rob fascinated with Lily from the AT&T commercials? Questions we all want to know. How do we get to retirement? How do we get to retirement? Um, that's the number one thing on the show. And sometimes the, the, the I'm going to do it Monday, Thursday, Friday at 6 a.m. And it's going to be strategic. So it's going to be less, like I said, you know, daily news. Sometimes it's going to be just odd and sometimes it's going to really work with you. And I, that's what I want. 
I want to click with one person and I feel like that's a success. So whether it's the death industry and when I said, hey, this is something if I had never had a joystick in my hand, if I didn't get video games, I would have got this. Or maybe you've been hacked and you've had to spend hours and hours and hours repairing your credit and you get cybersecurity. Maybe you want to be an investor in Madison Square Garden, which you could actually own Madison Square Garden. One thing you got to know when you own Madison Square Garden you own the franchise Yankees, but you also own the franchise the Knicks, and the Knicks suck. They're awful. They've got an uh, owner who's borderline racist. And again, that's just a legend, and I don't know the guy, but that's what it sounds like when you watch ESPN. And all good, credible journalism starts and ends at ESPN, right? But you go, oh, I could own that if, like, if this guy dies, then maybe the stock turns around. Or when the pandemic is over, maybe venues open up. Or when push comes to shove, media companies like ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox will fight over media rights to basketball teams, even if they stink. But if they're good, like, whoa, you can raise your rates. I like companies that have the ability to raise rates. Let me give you a quick example. And again, you do not have to invest the way I do. I don't want you to. I think I'm a little bit of a, a goofball nerd. But how about Comcast? Don't we all have a cable company story inside of us that's not pretty? Probably my worst time on life was dealing with a cable modem representative from Comcast. When they first came out, they were glitchy products. Glitchy, glitchy, glitchy products. So you're always doing resets. So the engineer at your company that would say things like, have you tried power cycling it, turning it all the way off for 30 seconds and then plugging it back in? And like, yes, I'm trying to do that. But early on, cable modems broke a lot. So we got into this, we hate the cable company. But yet they raise their rates every year. And for some reason, we're like, oh, I'm still using it. Even when we're cutting the cord, we're still using it. I expect Comcast to continue to raise the prices on unlimited data and unlimited speed. And I expect the content players of the world, people who make Batman movies to make them from high definition to 4K high definition to 4K high definition Dolby Vision to 8K high definition to 8K Dolby Vision high definition. Like I expect the standards to continue to be pushed so that we need to continue to download bigger and bigger files faster and faster. Because if you can't see the whiskers on Batman, you're not really watching Batman, are you? Right? Right? Am I right? So I'm not against investments like Comcast. But every now and then you'll hear like, isn't Elon Musk coming up with satellites? And he's going to put 14,000 of them in the sky. And they're all going to be able to band together and shoot lasers down and destroy roads. No, 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 no. He's putting together satellites for phone service in rural areas. And you go, I wonder if that would work in big city areas. But if you're like you're in the mountains in Washington State and there's like 200 inches of snow, his satellites will melt the snow off the satellite dish and connect with the 14,000 satellites up in space and have faster internet than typically is available, which is drip internet to say the least in remote areas. But then you go, okay, will they upset Comcast or will 5G, will AT&T and Verizon, 5G has cured my hemorrhoids. Now that they've cured my hemorrhoids, will I go, I don't need cable. I could use 5G on my television downloads and 5G on my computer downloads and my video games. You really can't. 
for some reason they're telling us 5G is not great for television. And you're like, ah. And this is how much you hate Comcast. They're raising rates on their modems, and you're like, I still need the modem. I still have to have it. And then after a couple of years, you're like, hey, uh, my modem's like a little glitchy. And you, you call them up, and they're like, oh, we've got a new modem that's got the 3.1 on it. And uh, oh, by the way, it, it, it cures hemorrhoids. And you haven't had it for five years, but it's been available. You've been paying for it for five years. And you're like, are you kidding me? And you want to kill. You want to you get blood lost. It's like that that moment in an Xbox game where you go into a fit of rage and you kill 100 enemies. And it's Comcast saying, yeah, you haven't had this equipment even though you've been paying for it. But, oh, if you want to come by, you mean you're not going to bring it to me? You're not going to give me a massage when you're installing it because I haven't had it for five years? But they're raising rates. And every year that they raise rates, I'm like, I like the stock. It It's interesting pricing power. Some industries have it. Some industries don't. When I look back at my gas bills, I go, wow, $100 a month in gas, natural gas used to be a lot. And now I look at it, I'm like, $250? $250? I'm like, am I consuming that much more natural gas? No, it's inflation. It's pricing power. And I like pricing power. For some reason, some way, shape, form, one of the positives on Apple is they get us to spend more every year, average revenue per user on services, but also average revenue per phone has gone from $400 per phone to $600 per phone, for $800 per phone, for $1,000 phone, for $1,200, $1,200 plus $200, you get the service contract because if you drop a $1,200 phone, you're freaked out. So you get to drop it three times if you buy $200 of insurance to replace the glass, it's $35 a pop, which if you do the math, you're like, oh, that's only $135. Apple's still making money even though I don't drop it three times. And if I drop it three times, then maybe they'll convince me to get a new phone. And you're like, oh. But as soon as Apple starts seeing a price drop, either on average revenue per user or on their overall phones, it's a negative. It's not the end, but it's a negative. You're looking to learn how to find positive flags, negative flags. You're learning moderation and moderation. You're learning to cut greed and fear out. You're learning to be a better investor. I'm Rob Black.